0: welcome to the artist work ethic podcast i'm mike pelak i'm a screenwriter and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as i work to break in in this podcast i talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process habits and work ethic Today on the show is Amanda Lee Cobb. Amanda's an actor and voice artist who's been seen on TV and on Broadway and is the voice of some of your favorite audiobooks. On Broadway, she's been featured in The Country Girl with Morgan Freeman, The Coast of Utopia, and a number of others. On TV, you've seen her in Law & Order SVU, Chicago Med, Scandal, and many more. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at podcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. The script I want to highlight today is a feature drama called Stay What You Are, Stay What You Are is about a workaholic, former punk rocker who desperately attempts to relive his rock and roll glory days through his daughter's 10th birthday party while his marriage and career hang in the balance. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate and review the Artist's Work Ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Amanda, thank you for coming on with me today.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to come on.
0: So you've done a bunch of TV, Broadway, voice work over the years. When you were first beginning to work on a professional level, what was that moment that you realized it was all starting to come together?
1: That's a really interesting question because I feel like sometimes as an artist, I know at least for me it never really feels like it's come together. It kind of feels like a patchwork quilt where you're like, am I going to get another job after this? But when I first graduated from graduate school, um, I was lucky enough to go to Yale for my MFA. I did not get representation like the rest of my class did. And so I had to start hustling in New York all by myself, learn how to try to get out there based on my connections. I didn't have an agent or a manager that was out there helping me. And I think... Um, uh, the first major job I got where I thought, okay, like, I think I'm on the right path here was when I said yes to working with a good friend of mine, Ken Lynn, who had written a play and he was doing it up at New York stage and film and said, Hey, I can't really pay you except for in beer. Can you come up here and do this reading with like a couple of Yale buddies? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I go up there and I do it. And it just happened that the casting director for Lincoln Center. Was up there visiting his boyfriend, happened to see the reading of this little show that we did, and asked me to audition for a Broadway show, which at that time, I think this was like 2006, maybe? It was um, Tom Stoppard's The Coast of Utopia, and it was my first New York audition, and it was my first Broadway audition. Straight to the top. So it was pretty heavy. It was a trilogy. Well, kind of and kind of not. So like, like I said, when I first graduated, I was like working as a barista. I was selling spa packages on the street. I was like hustling waiting tables, like trying to figure out how to fill in the gaps. And I would go do a show here or there, like in Vermont, these small regional shows. And I would sublet my apartment. And like I said, I would work for beer. I was just, I would say yes to everything. I was really scrambling in that first year to try to put it together. And I was terrified. And... You know, this happened to come along late in the in the summer of that year, and I got it. And so that was my first kind of big job. But even then, I didn't get representation. Even then, I couldn't get an agent. I would call people. I'd say, listen, I'm in this big Broadway show for the whole year. And I'd meet with people, and they'd say, hey, you know, I think you're really talented, but I don't know where to put you. You confuse me. You're not an easy sell. Really sorry. Best of luck to you. And this went on and on and on. And it took a really long time for me to eventually get representation and for me to start getting regular auditions. But eventually that happened with a lot of hustle and hard work. And I started to kind of build up from there.
0: So do you think that hustle and that work ethic comes from, you know, somewhere that something in how you were raised or something else in your life that, that instilled that into you?
1: Yeah, I think it's both. I think it comes definitely from how I was raised. So, you know, my mom was a big proponent of, Hey, listen, if you committed to a task, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. And we're going to follow through and you're going to do it no matter how hard it is, no matter how late you have to stay up to finish that paper, like we're on it, you've committed, let's do it. And so that kind of discipline is huge. And definitely I got that from my folks. But then also I think Just the drive of being passionate about something I wanted to do mixed with sheer panic and like terror of like, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to pay my rent? I think is also just a huge motivating factor, right? To like, I'm going to figure this out. I have to.
0: And and another thing you mentioned earlier, saying yes to everything, that has definitely come up quite a bit on the podcast. A lot of people have had that mindset of, I'm just going to say yes to everything I'm going to find ways to add value, to set myself apart from my peers. You know, what other things would you say that you've done to set yourself apart or to add value as you're hustling and, you know, working that way, working your way up?
1: Gosh, let's see. I mean, I think that always training, like taking acting classes, you know, my path. And it's not the same path for everybody, of course, but like my training came through graduate school. And so I guess, you know, to sort of try to set yourself apart from the pack is just knowing that you're going to bring a good product. You have the training. Yes, I can do that. Let me diversify what I can do. Right. So let me learn variety of accents. So I have access to more jobs like let me learn more physicality let me take some dance classes let me take some movement classes so that i can go after those jobs and sort of be competitive in that way so always trying to learn new skills and better myself and try to i guess like be the best at what you're trying to do like keep working at it so that you're always improving so that you're bringing value to the table when you show up like I'm not the best dancer in the world at all, but I loved to swing dance in my spare time. And I heard Dirty Dancing was casting. So I was like, I'm going to step that up. I'm going to start taking lessons. I'm going to start. So I I go into that audition and I get the job. And that's because I was working really hard to just sort of fill in that gap. I've been taking singing lessons. I'm not the best singer in the world. (laughs) I'm not. I don't do musicals, but like that's another like section of the job where I know that I can improve. And so to be competitive, like I'm going to, I'm going to pursue that too. Right.
0: It's like not, not letting yourself get too comfortable and rest on what you've got, but to always kind of be moving.
1: Yeah. Like 100%. I mean, if I'm not working on, you know, bettering myself or learning new accents or whatever, you know, then I wouldn't be able to get that fantasy book. Right. That they're like, suddenly like, we need someone who can do a Russian accent and a Spanish accent and an Irish accent. And I'm like, bing you hire me. Got it. Because I'm always trying to better my craft and learn as much as I can to diversify.
0: So how are you structuring your day, you know, these days to be as productive as possible and to stay current, you know, in the craft and business of, of what you're doing?
1: Well, it's crazy town. I have a five-year-old. So, you know, for all the artists out there have a, that have kids. <laughs> I have a four and a
0: one-year-old, so.
1: <laughs> okay, so you get it. It's his crazy pants. Basically, you know, now that he's in school a little bit, now that he's in his like half-day kindergarten, I drop him off. I Zoom home. I get into my booth and I work, 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 work. That alarm goes off. I get up. I shove something in my mouth. I get back in the car. I go pick him up and then I'm with him till bedtime. And if I'm lucky and I'm still alive and sane at the end of the day, I might put in another hour of work before bedtime. And then since I'm separated, my husband has him for a couple of the days of the week and I just work, work, work. I mean, I've have had to get better about the the type A part of my brain in terms of scheduling, like Google calendars and spreadsheets are my friend now, which were really scary in the beginning because I'm I'm just an artist, right? I'm not that good at that kind of stuff, but I've been really lucky to get like a lot of audiobooks, which is where I'm spending most of my time these days in my booth. Yeah, I have to open up that calendar. I have to figure out how many hours it's going to take me to crank out a specific project and then look and just try to squeeze those in. I'm like, okay, three hours here, two hours here, four hours here and sort of try to keep to that schedule as much as I can. It's great. Like I can make my own schedule, quote unquote, but I'm often working around play dates and being with my kiddo and, you know, just other life stuff that comes up. Yeah.
0: Groceries. Yeah.
1: Grocery shopping. Uh Like, Yeah, exactly.
0: How important would you say persistence and perseverance are to a successful work ethic particularly in the arts and anything that's in the you know the the creative umbrella
1: vital persistence I'm so lucky I'm I've started this podcast and it's all about Broadway understudies swings and standbys and one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast was not only so that people could understand what goes into the job and sort of take their hats off to these amazing performers who are not recognized and the face sort of behind the stars and stuff like that, but to hear their stories about what you just said about hustling in the business. Like I, the second guy, Eddie Lee, who understudies him deal, but then talking to him, he tells you how he went to audition after audition, callback after callback, did not get it for years, like over the span of two years. And he kept showing up. He kept going, practicing, learning, whatever. And he kept showing up. And then look at where we are now. He's on Broadway. He just went on last week again as Hamilton. I mean, it's important because if you're not out there pounding that pavement and persevering through the rough times, you're not going to make it because there's so many rough times as an artist. And somebody next to you is going to keep showing up, right? Right. So I think it's so important to to yeah to to persevere and to keep pushing. I think it's absolutely vital if you're going to make it because there's a lot more nos than yeses in this business, especially as an actor, and you have to be able to dust yourself off and get back up and try again. It's yeah, it's vital.
0: I agree, and that's I feel like that's been one of the harder parts is just wading through the nos to to try to get those yeses. I was in a. Uh, A bunch of years back, I did a mentorship program with the Writers Guild called the Veterans Writing Project. I'm also a veteran. And we had a kind of like a small group seminar with Billy Ray. Billy Ray wrote Captain Phillips and a, a ton of, you know, huge movies. And I remember him looking around the room and getting very stern and saying, you all need to work because I am your competition. And I think it was just kind of one of those sort of like obvious, but still enlightening moments of, oh, yeah, the guy who wrote Captain Phillips is, in theory, the guy who, you know, you're battling for the same small amount of, I I mean, by no means battling Billy Ray for any sort of job these days. But, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of keeping that in mind that that. You know, like you're saying, there's there's always other people out there who are just as hungry as you. And if you're not going to put in that time and that persistence, you know, someone, someone else is going to win the race.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. I, I taught at NYU's Playwrights Horizons program for a couple of years. And I remember telling my students, I don't care whether or not you show up prepared. This is on you. If you want to make it in this business, if you're serious about- Committing as an actor in this industry, this is all on you. Because you're, you know, there was one student I had in particular. I was like, You are extremely talented. She had a lot of natural talent, but she was lazy. And I was like, Listen, if you're not going to put in the time and effort, guess what? The person next to you who may not be as talented as you are, who may not have that innate gift that you have, they will put in that time and effort. And guess what's going to win in the end? What's going to win out? you know? So yeah, it's, it's important to have talent. Yes, but it's just as important, if not more important to keep showing up and keep persevering through all those no's.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything that you want to plug before we go? Or if you want to talk about your podcast?
1: Yeah. Oh, how nice of you. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So So my podcast just started um, uh, a month ago. So I take my hat off to you in this podcast because I know it's not an easy job to produce a podcast. And like I said, it's called Waiting in the Wings Backstage Shenanigans with Amanda Lee Cobb. That's moi. And um, I interview, yeah, I interview these Broadway swings and standbys and we just talk about their journey. Like, how did you make it as an actor? How did you get to Broadway? And like, what are you doing backstage? How do you do your job? And it's such a great podcast. I feel like it's super interesting and inspiring for people who love theater, but, um, and also like students of theater, but also people who just are curious about broadway and don't really know what goes on behind the scenes the stories are really beautiful and interesting and inspiring so that's that's what i would plug with my podcast once again it's waiting in the wings backstage shenanigans with amanda lee Cobb. it's on spotify it's on apple it's everywhere just search for it you'll find it
0: all right sounds awesome thank you so much for coming on with me today
1: you're welcome thanks for having me
0: Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist's Work Ethic podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at the artists work ethic and check out the com.